You're listening to the Christian Post Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Showalter. What would you give up to follow Jesus? And what if you had to admit that everything you believed was a lie? For former New Ager Stephen Bancars, it meant giving up considerable influence and a fortune he amassed from his New Age-themed website. Although he was raised in a Christian household, for several years he was ensnared in the grip of this spirituality that generated him an average of $40,000 per month in ad revenue alone. Yet today, he is a professing Christian and completely rejects New Age spirituality. And he runs a re- apologetic resource hub called Reasons for Jesus. And he's a student at Southern Evangelical Seminary. In April of 2016, his testimony of leaving New Age went viral and was viewed over one million times across social media and on Christian broadcasting. My conversation with Stephen is the beginning of a multi-part series we're doing here at the Christian Post on the occult and various kinds of cults. And we're doing this in an effort to gain greater understanding and discernment amid an ongoing and documented rise in interest in witchcraft in the West In an age when spiritual darkness appears in many ways to be intensifying and the contrast between good and evil growing ever more stark. Uh, Stephen, I can't think of a better person to start this series off than you. Uh, Welcome to the CP Podcast. It's so great to have you. Thank you for having me. Again, it's been uh, a long time since we first spoke, uh, but yeah, it's good to be back. Well, I really am glad to have you. And your story, um, when I first saw that video, I was just... I just just remember being in such awe of God because nothing is too difficult for him. That's not a cliche. He really is the most powerful being in the cosmos, and New Age is no match for him. No demonic philosophy, no, no false spirituality is more powerful than King Jesus. And so I'd like for you, for, for our audience who has maybe not is not so familiar with you yet, give us the basics of your story and Talk about how you got involved into New Age spirituality, and also define the terms. When people, I mean, I think a lot of people think, you know, New Age, this is just kind of these kooky people out in California, these kind of, it's kind of spooky. Maybe they've seen or heard references to it in some places, but what is the New Age exactly, and what it is all? what does it all involve? Yeah, so when we're talking about New Age, we're talking about a, really a religion, a religious movement, a spiritual religious movement that attempts to blend various or even all kinds of pagan traditions into one big mixing pot that people can then subjectively draw from at will. So when we talk about pagan, we're talking about a spiritual system that deviates from that taught in scripture. But what makes the New Age movement unique is it's not just one pagan belief or philosophy or practice that they hold to. It's the only religion that really tries to blend all of these together into one big umbrella term, and then people go and draw from these at their own will. So things like Buddhism, witchcraft, ESP, Eastern mysticism, Gnosticism, they all fall under this umbrella term of New Age movement. And this is very, very popular right now. Uh, We're talking about, you know, I I would say it's a much bigger threat to the church than atheism. Atheism statistically occupies only about 9% of the American population, but you have 27% of Americans who identify as spiritual, but not religious, and this number is growing. And that's really the demographic we're referring to here, this idea that, well, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. And it results in uh, this false dichotomy, which maybe we can get into later, but also this is very, very appealing right now, especially to young people. You have witches actually outnumbering Presbyterian Christians in the country of America. A study came out a few years showing that. Yeah, in the the USA, PC USA. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40% of Americans meditate at least once per week. Um, Yoga is a $10 billion industry. 36 Mm -hmm. million Americans are practicing it currently. Um, The psychic services industry, Mm -hmm. things like tarot card reading and astrology, this is a $2 billion industry. The crystal industry, this belief that crystals have metaphysical energy and can be used as healing wands to heal you know, your chakras in your body, this is a $1 billion industry. And one more study I want to cover real quick. A study was released by the Pew Research Center at the end of 2018 that found that 62% of the American population hold at least one New Age belief. And they only, te- they only tested for four beliefs. They only tested for the belief that there's spiritual energy present within nature the belief that psychics offer reliable insight into the future, the belief in astrology, 
and the belief in reincarnation. Now, if they tested for all of the New Age beliefs out there, there's scores, there's dozens. Mm. Um, that number would be much, much higher, 80, 90, 95 percent. And the study also found that 61 percent of professing Christians also held to one of those beliefs as well, which is nothing short of a theological crisis in the church right now. Um, you know, man statistically is more likely to believe that they are God than to reject God altogether. Wow. And when I got when I got into this stuff, as you mentioned, I was born and raised in a Christian household. Um, and to give you kind of like the nutshell version of what happened to me, um, you know, very devout Christian parents, homeschooled under a Christian curriculum, um, they couldn't have been more faithful to the Lord and to raising me uh, as a Christian. But obviously, the the desire for sin, especially when you're in high school, you just want to go off and go nuts. It was that desire to basically be God and be sovereign over my own life, mixed with research, I was coming across information that I couldn't reconcile with the Bible. I, I didn't know how. And I'd never heard it addressed before. And I'm talking about like UFO sightings, and alien abduction reports, and evidence that mankind had been visited by aliens in the ancient world and maybe this actually spawned various world religions mm -hmm. they're them trying to account for extraterrestrial encounter and i was watching ancient aliens on the history channel and i'm thinking okay how like did jesus have to go to every single one of these planets and die for their sins millions of times over does each planet have its own version of scripture you know what it like they all are they all practicing the christian religion like what if it's just the case that Christianity is meant to point to something much more universal. It's just like one piece of the puzzle here mm, instead of being the entire the entire puzzle. And so that led me down a rabbit hole where I started to follow up with some of these teachers who were teaching on ancient aliens who are new age. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting a hold of their material and I'm just drinking it up. And there's so much information and statistics and, you know, studies showing a, a linkage between consciousness and the external world and ESP ability and alleged evidence for reincarnation. And I was like, I have never heard this addressed before. I didn't even know this existed. I'm like, here we go. This is exciting. And also you're offered spiritual experiences through meditation, through astral projection, through psychedelics, through lucid right. dreaming, without without any moral accountability. It's uh, just no right structure. out in front of just you. Just no structure. Nope, no yeah. structure. It's just accessible, instant, you know, fast food type spirituality. Well, it appeals to people. I mean, because as as human beings, we're made, you know, body, soul, and spirit. We have a spiritual nature, and so it appeals to that. It seems you say that you you know, new age, this new religion was brought. All these kind of streams of occult or pagan spirituality brought under one umbrella so who who made it who, who were some of the key players that brought it under this one you know brand or whatever who, who's, yeah who's responsible for putting all that together because this just i think it's fascinating that i mean in some ways this seems like just sort of your smorgasbord of american picket pick do yourself individualistic sort of pick what you like and reject what you don't there's uh, it, in some ways, I can see how it would totally appeal to Americans and to Westerners, but certainly there were key players behind this who organized this. It can't be completely a free-for-all, right? No, it's not. There, it, it really started with someone named uh, Helena Blavatsky in the late 1800s, mm -hmm. and she started something called Theosophy and the Theosophical Society, which was really, um, the in the West anyway, the first attempt to really blend and popularize Eastern mysticism with Gnosticism, with the dark occult, with mystery religions. And she started a, a magazine called Lucifer, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> she was she was a, a Luciferian. And, mm -hmm. and this is someone who, you know, university professors of religion would call the mother of the New Age, the founder of the New Age. Um, her, when she passed on, her um, successor was Alice Bailey. And someone who drew influence from theosophy was Aleister Crowley, and that really gave rise to – Aleister Crowley was a big player in the kind of psychedelic movement mm -hmm. back in like the 60s and 70s, and you also have some other names in there like Ram Dass and uh, Timothy Leary, and as of today, uh, a modern major player in, in popularizing New Age material in the West would be Oprah Winfrey. Um, in the last 20 years, I don't in the last literally two decades, there's nobody who's done a, um, a more fervent job of spreading New Age doctrine than Oprah. And when the, you couple it with a friendly people, personality, it just can go viral. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Charismatic it's, personality. It's, but it yeah, seems like to me it's not like another cult in that there's a charismatic one leader. I mean, you said people can further it, but it's not like 
uh, you know, Jim Jones or sort of you know, these kind of no, you know, what's this face of Scientology, Miscavige or what? You know, these not there's not one leader of it, so it's it's different in that way. Right. There's not one leader, but there there are authority figures mm-hmm. within certain areas of the New Age movement okay. who, you know, people who sit under them and study under them uh, report, you know, cult-like behavior and cult-like associations. And the, the leaders are very charismatic, but very manipulative. Uh-huh. And Vice actually just released one about a guy recently who holds like meditation and mindfulness um, training sessions and retreats. And uh, I actually know someone who was, you know, a, a lover of his and just extremely abusive, extremely manipulative to women. And so you will see leaders emerge in this movement and then develop cult-like traits. There's another one I'm thinking of. I'm not going to name her name. She's a very big YouTuber. And what she would do is tell people that the reason they incarnated here was to help her. Like they, wow. there's this belief that you reincarnate over and over and over again. And you incarnated here to serve me as I help wake people up and prepare the earth for ascension or whatever. And so, um, yeah, there are some cult like leaders within the new age movement, but it's not, it doesn't have one leader per Mm -hmm. se. So tell me more about how, when, when did, when would you say after you start exploring all of this information, you've got, you're looking into aliens and all the stuff that intrigued you and you couldn't reconcile it with your Christian upbringing. And it just, for whatever reason you got interested in it. When, how long did it take before you, you know, identified yourself as I am a new age, you know, person myself. Like how, how long did that take? Um, and was it gradual? I mean, how, and, and when did you start writing your website? And so explain how you got started. Yeah. Yeah. My research was really picking up, uh, in 2011, 2012. And I would say within maybe six months of fervent research, because I was seeing studies and information that, I didn't know were pseudoscientific. I didn't know had mainstream explanations. I didn't know were might be true, but completely misinterpreted, interpreted against the wrong backdrop. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was seeing what seemed to be good evidence to support some of these ideas. And so uh, in my ministry now, I address a lot of these very claims and practices that had once ensnared me to help other Christians navigate this stuff too. But when it was it was 2012, and my little brother's friends were asking me questions all. Every every time I saw them, I actually hosted a presentation at my house for his friends because they were so interested. These are teenagers, wow. but they're like, but they're like, what about astral projection? Can you leave your body? What about the pineal gland? What about pyramids? What about the chakras? What do the chakras mean? And this is what kids were interested in, hmm. and they still are. I, I was at a church retreat recently, and I had kids who were 11 years old, 13 years old, asking me about the pineal gland because they see stuff online. It's explain part of to this, what like, that. Explain to our listeners what that is. Yeah, the pineal pineal gland is believed to be the gateway between uh, our spirit and the spirit world itself. So basically, there's this gland in between the two hemispheres of your brain called the pineal gland, and it is 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 responsible for producing um, chemicals and serotonin and stuff like that in the body. But there's this ancient belief that it's also the seat of the soul. So we're obviously uh. like my brain. My brain is not my mind. My mind is distinct from my brain. My brain facilitates my mind. But what's that connecting point Mm -hmm. between soul and body? This tradition would say it's the pineal gland. So if I can, quote unquote, activate it, clean it and activate it, what that's going to do is give me some kind of like supercharged relationship to the supernatural and to the spiritual realm. Uh And so there's practices to like various forms of meditations to activate or open your pineal gland. It's also called the third eye. If you ever see any drawings of people with a third eye that's opened on their forehead that's to represent a spiritual awakening which is associated with the pineal gland being opened and activated to the spirit world now gotcha and so um people are asking me this stuff and and there's some research showing that you know the pineal gland for example has crystals in it that are piezoelectric meaning that they expand and contract in the presence of electromagnetic fields these same kinds of crystals piezoelectric crystals were used in radios um, right. And the way that you compress the crystal, crystal would be, you know, it would pick up a different signal. And so, is my pineal gland picking up signals? Is this the way I'm, I'm receiving, you know, contact from the spirit world? As a Christian, I don't know the relationship between the mind, the pineal gland, and the body. It's not relevant to my Christian walk. If that's, if it happens to be the case that there's some significance there, the question is, what does God want me to do with that? What's my emphasis to be in my life? And and trying to open it, it's sorcery for one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a just a, it's a sin. It's a it's a magic art. Revelation twenty one eight. So anyway, two thousand twelve, I make this Facebook page called Spirit Science and Metaphysics, 
And it was a culmination of the research I had came across. And within about a year, I grew to 500,000 followers on this Facebook page. Wow. Um, I'd made a, a very big network with other Facebook pages that were new age. We would share each other's stuff and cross-pollinate our audiences. And so come January of 2014, I had you know 700,000 likes on my page. And I, I made a website, which you know, was composed of articles that I had written myself um, about the information I'd come across and near-death experiences, the alleged evidence for reincarnation, you name it. And I compiled it, launched it, shared it around on these Facebook pages, and I made 57 grand in the first three weeks alone. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm like, thank you, God, for helping me wake wow. humanity up. Wow. to a higher state of consciousness and to their true spiritual nature. Now, Finally, did you have, did, now you say, thank you, God. Did you still, would you say that your Christian upbringing still supplied you with sort of categories of understanding? This was just sort of this expansive knowledge you could add on or include with, or was this, yeah. how did that, how did, how, how was your, how were you processing all of this you know, cognitively as you're, you're getting further and further into it were yeah, did, was this not like, this was not ever, did you didn't think there was any contradiction or, or did you? I thought there was a contradiction between Christian fundamentalism and what I was involved in, but uh -huh. I didn't necessarily think there was a contradiction between, between Jesus and God and what I was doing. Uh -huh. If we redefine Jesus and God. Gotcha. So if I, if I adopt a type of theology called panentheism, mm -hmm. where I believe God is external to nature, but is also, the substance and being of nature itself, then I can account for lots of things that I'm coming across in my research and experience, but also hold on to this idea of there being, you know, an, an external overseeing sovereign figure. Um, with Jesus, I can retain Jesus if I just redefine him from being, you know, this monotheistic Jew who claimed to be the sacrifice mm -hmm. for human sin. Mm -hmm. And I instead define him as being a, uh, um, you know, kind of like a spiritual teacher showing us how to awaken to our inner divinity as well. Like when he said in John 10, is it not written in your law that ye are gods or mm -hmm. the kingdom of God? Don't believe people when they say it's here or there for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Wow. Jesus is telling me I'm really divine. Just like I've been learning from Deepak Chopra this whole time. Wow. Great. Like, so if we'd redefine Christ and redefine God to something that we, we create idols and then fit those idols into the paradigm, that we want to search within. So I was searching, but I, I I set up boundaries in which I wanted to search, and I insisted upon fitting Jesus and my idea of God into those boundaries. And I was thinking about probably every other day, literally, I was thinking about who's Jesus, who's God. I got to figure this out. I have to figure it out. Yeah, we have Christianity, but we also have Buddhism. We also have, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Taoism. I, I couldn't, rec I didn't understand how to reconcile it all and parse it all. And so I thought it was all part of the same moving thing everything every teacher was a, a prophet of god now and a, mm. and a spiritual teacher sent by god so when i started to get you know successful in, in this domain um it reached a point where uh you know i, I moved out i bought a, a house a four thousand square foot house it's really a ridiculous place to live and I, I was working like i don't know two three hours a day from home and wow. i thought my success was given to me by god i said a prayer one time i was like God, if you continue to provide me the needs, uh, provide me with the, the means to wake people up, I will serve you the rest of my life. And wow. when I'm sitting in my sports car, I bought cash. <laughs> I was pulling out of my driveway and I rolled down my window and I told my dad, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given to you as, as well. So wow. I was I was so wow. deceived. I thought the kingdom of God was an internal spiritual state that we could unlock or awaken within us. And I was helping people um, realize their true spiritual nature that, Hey, you're God too. And, you know, God is the substance of man, you know, you're divine and I'm serving the kingdom of God and God's giving me a means to do that complete and utter deception. Wow. And where the shift started really taking place for me, when I started to develop more sympathies to Jesus, I always had them. I always think he was different and had to be accounted for. He was, he was a, he's a force to be reckoned with. He's the elephant in the room for every single new age teacher. Every new age teacher needs to account for Jesus. They don't care to account for Muhammad. He's not a threat. They know Muhammad isn't has no connection to God. In the new age, they'll say he does mm -hmm. to be culturally relevant and appropriate. But the, right. really, they're like, Muhammad's not going to teach us. That. But Jesus, Jesus had something going on in his life. He's controlling the forces of nature. He's healing the sick. 
Even pagan sources, extra biblical sources say he was known as a miracle worker. We need to account for this. And so um, you just redefine terms and you're left with this very distorted view of Jesus. Um, so I always had sympathies because I was, red flags would go off in my head about like, wait a minute, Jesus is visiting people in dreams and in visions and he seems to have power. There's power in us. So why is that? And so when my life started falling apart internally and I started to um, have to really confess sin I was living in a double life, um, you know, lying, cheating, I was uh, a sin slave by like I was an addict. Mm-hmm. Like everything I had anger problem, everything you can imagine I was struggling with. And this was and, when? So give me the time frame. This is when it starts to fall apart for you. This is how long you are into this? How many years have you been? I, I really started researching new age type stuff in, in 2011. I launched my right. Facebook page in 2012. And when my life started to really fall apart, it was 2015. Okay. So you've been in this for three years now for at this roughly. Yeah. I've been, t- I've been teaching it for three years. You're teaching it for three years. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wrote an ebook called live free, you know, that got 30, 40,000 downloads, but I'm living and thinking like a psychopath. Wow. And was there an event where it just kind of tipped and said this, I would describe, you know, you, you, things you're, you say that you were sin slave, it's all starting to fall apart for you. But was there a moment where you just, it was like this existential crisis where, yes. or was it all, okay, yes. so describe that for us because that's, yeah, the, and what led up to that? Yeah, the existential crisis was, I, I believe what led up to it was um, God drawing me. Mm-hmm. And right. you know, there's there's a mystery between man's sovereign or God's sovereignty and man's will, right? Um, in Scripture, and I, I believe that He was drawn to me. Jesus says, "No man come to the Father, come to me unless He's drawn to me by the Father." And there was a kind of a quickening in my conscience that started happening. The thing, the lies that I was suppressing, um, were kind of coming to the surface of my soul, and I couldn't keep them down anymore. And I've been keeping them down fine for years, and and years and years. And what I'm referring to in particular in, in this instance was um, living a double life on the person I was in a relationship with and having to walk around and try and suppress that. And I started realizing this doesn't feel right. This isn't right. And so I, I, I stopped, you know, doing what I was doing, but I had to confess that I couldn't keep that secret anymore. And she basically saw that I was not telling her something. And so she, she pulled it out of me and I confessed. That was like existential crisis number one, because I was like, what the heck am I doing? Like, who am Like, what is this? I'm trying to lead people, trying to teach people, and I'm bound. Like, I'm, I'm a slave to needing the approval of people. I'm a slave to needing validation. I'm a slave to myself and my urges. And so that was when um, her and I both went back to my parents' house and uh, just laid everything out. And my mom was like, she wasn't phased by it. Because she was kind of like, okay, this is what I've been praying for the whole time. Like, God, yeah. praying bring mamas, to this man. place. Praying mamas. Yeah. yeah, she's she's crazy. She'll pray down fire and, and, and like she's, <laughs> her prayers. Never man. underestimate oh the power of a praying mama. Yeah. I know. And there's sometimes, too, like, this is kind of funny. I'm sure she'd have a laugh at this, um, where she'll be praying. And she'll be like, you know what, guys, can we pause the TV? I just really want to pray right now. And I'm thinking, but I'm, you know— okay let's do it and yeah. i'm kind of like i'm kind of a little bit irritated though and i'm like i don't really want to do this right now but the the room will start being filled with the spirit god's yeah. responding to her and it's just making me look so silly in my yeah. annoyance because <laughs> god's like no i, I, I listen no it's good that's, that's right so anyway she's like are you ready to give your life to the lord yet and i was like okay sure um, I have not, and I just said this prayer of salvation with her, inviting the Lord into my life, and that was really my invitation. Jesus, as you are, I'm going to start seeking you now. Today is the day I'm going to stop suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. I don't know who you are. I don't know how I can relate to you. I don't know anything, but I'm going to start seeking you out. And I started reading scripture, and I was like, okay, I'm going to try being more honest with Je- being actually honest with Jesus. And nothing in my life really changed that much. Um, I don't know if I got saved then. I do remember like feeling the presence of God and having, you know, God direct me in what was my next round of sin I had to confess. And this was the like this was worse than the first. I'm not going to say it, but it was it was existential crisis to two, version two. Mm-hmm. And I confessed it. Um, I was forgiven. And um, you know what? What really I, I saw the word love 
in my house, we had something in my house that said love on it. And I saw the word love and I felt like I was going to faint just by looking at it. Like I was going to, I was getting dizzy. Like I was going to pass out because everything that was packed into that word was everything I was missing and everything I was blocking out and everything that I was longing for. And the implications of that word were so strong on who I was and who the life I'd been living and how contrary I had acted in accordance to love. And I was, I was just broken. And I went outside and uh, on my back balcony and I fell at the feet of Jesus and I was uh, weeping in repentance in forgiveness. It was an actual yielded surrender for the first time in my life, all of me pressing into all of him. And I didn't know what would happen. Um, I didn't know that he would respond to me, but he did. And um, his presence filled me. His presence filled the atmosphere. He, he met me there and his attention was fully set on me. So that was interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I just love these stories like this. Just give me chills because it's just, I, I just, the way God meets people in these moments are just, that just mark your life. You're, you're never the same after it. And so I also understand that, um, you know, in light of all the stuff that you'd been in, that you you went to a church that, uh, is it your, the same church you go to now where you were led through sort of a prayer process of renouncing all that stuff and being delivered? How did that, if you don't give too much details of it's so sensitive, but I think it's important for our audience to hear some of the things that you went through as you cut ties with all of this. Yeah. Um, the first cutting of ties was to, to quit my job. And since I quit my job, I um, was no longer making money. Mm-hmm. So I had to sell my house, sell my car. And I have been at home the last four and a half years. Where did all that money, did you home. save none of it? Or like, wh- where did all that go? Did oh, man, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, there's, there's a little bit left over. Um, you know, not much, just a yeah. little bit. Um, a lot of it was uh, mismanaged uh-huh. during the time I was making yeah. it. Um, when I got saved, I, I gave some away, but I was kind of living off it. Like for the first two years, um, definitely the first year, I wasn't breaking even each month. I was losing money every single month, like the money to run my website and my living expenses. Like I was not breaking even. I was in, and for a while I was in the red. Wow. Like, so I was living off it was just this another area for, of for dysfunction years. in your life. I mean, you had all this resource, but it ended up being a curse to you. It, it was, yeah, yeah. Like Proverbs says, whoever makes in haste right. loses in haste. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought, you know what? I thought I have my life set up for me for the rest of my life. I have a successful website. Right. I had a, I had a, a new website. I had just pumped, I don't know, five thousand dollars or fifteen thousand dollars into building that was about to launch. That would have been a staple in the community, and um, it was like a forum, mm-hmm. and I had the branding done and everything was ready to launch. And bang, I got saved. And I had to scratch that, but I thought I'm set up for life. I don't need to save anything. Right. I can, I'm making 30, 40 grand a month. Like, wow. um, and on a bad month, I'd make 20, 30. K. I was just, and I was young. I'm 21, 22. Oh yeah. And so, um, yeah. So I had to quit my job, mm-hmm. uh, sell my house, sell my car, move back in home. And I'm basically, I'm like, okay, God, what's the next step? And I did mm-hmm. go through deliverance ministry. Now the, one of the ministries I, I went to, um, I went to a, into multiple deliverance ministries and renunciation prayers are powerful because when when you speak a word out loud right what you renounce it, it breaks a tie off in your soul in some way like the power of a spoken word like you're not able to create things out your of words have substance though your words have substance yeah they have, especially as right. they relate internally within right. your own soul, like you're mm-hmm. speaking these things out and there's this power and, you know, declaring the name of Jesus and mm-hmm. your freedom and who you are in Christ. And right. I, went, I went to multiple deliverance ministries and um, it really helped. It really helped me break free and, and receive, um, you know, freedom from spiritual attack. And, and a big thing, too, is repentance. Mm-hmm. I needed to get my life, my house free of everything New Age, every New Age book, every book with New Age themes. Every idol in my house and in my garden, every movie, every DVD, clothing item with a symbol that belongs to the occult. I had to right. throw it all out right. um, because I was getting just attacked in my house, attacked in my sleep. And the Holy Spirit's like, you got to throw all this stuff out. Right. Because and by its so invitation, I, the demonic has an invitation, you know, demonic has free reign to torment, right? Those things Exactly. Are, right. Yeah. It, it's an open door. What was it like then? Um, so when you were, um, you know, you, you when we 
I interviewed you several years ago. It said that what happened to you physically when you're renouncing all this stuff? Like, tell if you can. I don't again. Don't go into too much detail if you think it's too graphic. But like, explain what your body went through as all of this stuff is leaving you. <laughs> right. Um, I would. I was. Uh, well, you know, fluids were coming out of every hole in my face. We'll start there. Wow. Because um, it was. It was emotionally hard Mm -hmm. like when i was renouncing the new age i'm not just renouncing a belief system i'm i'm renouncing my security yeah i'm renouncing my way of life yeah right my way of life but this this is my identity this Mm. is my security this is my form of peer acceptance and self-validation my ability to be a teacher and a guru like i'm laying down like it's not just i'm switching one paradigm to another like it it was my career it was my identity how i saw myself and the weakness that's underneath all of that, when you take away those crutches and like, how are we intrinsically when we're not deriving our strength or our acceptance from our job or from our belief system? Uh, I was extremely weak and broken and that started to, to come up. And so I'm crying a lot. As I'm crying, um, I'm not able to breathe very well. I'm kind of hyperventilating and, and breathing really heavy. Um, uh, my hands started to kind of contort. I was getting tingling on my face and tingling on my arms. I actually later discovered through research that that's what happens when you're hyperventilating and you can't breathe is you can get paralysis in your arms and hands and in your face and a tingling sensation. And so it was, it was really intense for me. Um, the inner healing process, it's still ongoing today. I'm still pursuing inner healing, yeah. uh, but not from deliverance ministries. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like there's a lot of people in the new age movement who are, uh, you know, trauma survivors. And they're turning mm-hmm. to the new age movement as a way to empower themselves and right. a way to uh, give themselves com- some kind of like leg up on their current paradigm. Right. It's like, well, you're not you're not a victim. You're actually God. You're actually divine. Your suffering doesn't have no purpose. You actually chose that life in advance when you incarnated here, knowing that it would evolve, evolve and develop your soul so you could take it um, as wisdom and bring it into your next incarnation. Like it's, an, so, it's like it's in a way of an escape for them too. They can escape their yeah. trauma by thinking of themselves in this way. Yeah, I, I can Absolutely. see that. Absolutely. And meditation. Uh-huh. Meditation too is, it, it's escapism. And I actually did a, a YouTube video recently going through the clinical research. I, I sourced at least a dozen studies, including a major study done in the uh, in 2018 by Willoughby Britton from Brown University that's sh- showing that meditation is extremely psycho-emotionally dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's just not safe. It, it can cause re-aggravation of tra- uh, trauma. People who have suffered PTSD have um, reoccurrences. They relive traumatic me- memories. Mm-hmm. Out. Uh, it's linked to anxiety, depression, um, psychosis, uh, suicidality, all kinds of things. But people adopt meditation thinking, I'm going to escape from these traumatic memories. And really, you know, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Right. We need the touch of God in our lives. Amen. And uh, instead of trying to just manufacture healing in our own strength. Well, let's shift now to the church, because I, I really feel like um, I, as I could not agree more with you when you're talking about how these, these beliefs are so you know, slippery and insidious, and they can seep in to people's, you know, outlook on life. Um, you've described some of your own journey about how, how you came upon this stuff, but ultimately my view is, is that, and I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it, uh, there was fertile ground for this. There was a, I mean, this doesn't, people don't just decide to go into new age just for the heck of it. There's usually something that, uh, you mentioned trauma victims, but what do you think is missing in the church such that this place, this, this stuff has a place to land? This, this, this finds itself, I mean, I've, I've read stuff about how like Scientology became popular back in the 50s and L. Ron Hubbard because he was able to seize upon you know, some vacuums within you know, the Christian churches of the day. Um, and it, he, you know, I think that stuff just sounds psycho, but you know, cult thinking and occult stuff, it does appeal to things that are real. But I guess if you had to sort of take a you know, bird's eye view of the church and sort of zoom out a little bit, where do you think churches are, are lacking such that you know, new age spirituality has um, appeal? Where, where, where are they weak? Because where, where are they gaining ground and what's missing? Right. 
Right. Well, the church has to know and, and keep in mind that um, <clears throat> it's up against really two, just two primary forces in, in the secular world in terms of um, uh, a metaphysical understanding of life and of nature. The first would be um, Darwinian naturalism. Okay. And this is what's taught in, in post-secondary. You're going to learn this in any university you go to. You're going to taught that you evolved through macroevolution via the mechanisms of uh, natural selection and random mutation. Right. That's our first metaphysical challenge is metaphysical naturalism. The other would be, um, you know, new age spirituality. These are really the only two major players in terms of a, a comprehensive worldview threat to the church. You either have some form of atheism slash metaphysical naturalism, or you have the new age. And people in the new age movement, they're experiencing real things. Right. They really are. These experiences are deceptive and they're from demonic sources, but they're having real spiritual experience. Acts mm -hmm. 16, 16, the woman possessed with the spirit of divination, she was able, she made her employer a lot of money That's right. from her ability right. to operate in this spirit. You know, Exodus 7 and Exodus 8, the magicians in Egypt were able to replicate the miracles of Moses and Aaron, quote, by their secret arts. And there's the, by wi their the Witch arts. of Endor, the Witch of Endor, yeah, all that stuff. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and, and so there's lots of biblical precedent mm -hmm. um, for the idea that there really is something going on. There's, an, there's a supernatural exchange happening. And so what concerns me is when we have churches take really hardline stances against the supernatural component right. of the Christian life and of God's involvement in the world. It's not like they won't say he can't do these things, but what, what is he, what, what will he do? What will he do? So like mm. give you an example, I want to name one name, uh, John MacArthur, for example, um, you know, great expository preacher. Um, I have his whole new Testament commentary, uh, love him as a preacher. I can't get away from it, but he teaches a very, very hard type of cessationism. I was reading one of his books that didn't even have to do with the supernatural. And he says, there's never been a single case of a documented miracle at Mir Miracle Clinic. There's not a single, and it's like My Craig goodness. Keener. Oh, and, and, I'm, and I'm thinking for one, Dr. Craig Keener released a two volume work called right. Miracles. That's 1100 pages long, mm -hmm. where he estimates there's hundreds of millions of documented miracles that have happened since the time of Jesus. But I'm also like, there's this other thought. It's like, wait a minute, people in the new age movement, they're going to look at this. They're going to look at this idea of like heart cessationism and be like, so God isn't going to heal my back, but my Reiki healer will. Because mm. every time I go to my Reiki healer, I'm getting there's something happening. There's some kind of an exchange happening where I leave feeling different. I leave feeling better. And right. then there's this other side of the fence in the church where they're like, emotional experience is bad. Spiritual experience is dangerous. You, you know, just sit, repeat this liturgy, repeat this benediction. You know, God's not going to move supernaturally. And it, it, it's dry. It's methodical. And it does sterile. not every yeah. it, it's yeah. sterile. And it, yeah. it's like for young people coming out of the occult and out of the new age movement, some of them will pendulum swing mm -hmm. and be like, because I got deceived by the supernatural, I'm going to, you know, stay away from it altogether now. But there's others who it, it doesn't resonate with them. They're built. We're all built spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the Bible says that God put eternity into the heart of man. Ecclesiastes 311 We're made in the image of God. And so we crave a supernatural understanding of the world and a supernatural relationship with our creator. That's what we're built for. Right. Paul, right. he's preaching. He says, I've given, I've been, I've been given the ministry of reconciliation. What does it really mean to be reconciled unto, unto a supernatural, all powerful God? It's not going to look like, I'm sorry. It's not going to look like the average, you know, Episcopal church. Mm -hmm. It's not going to look like the average Catholic. I'm not saying everyone in those churches aren't saved. But I'm talking about like, can we have a church system where we are open to cultivating the presence of the living God wow. in yes. our church, Amen. where we're where we're circulating around um, a sensitivity to the Spirit. There's an allowance for the Spirit to move. People are are trained or at least taught on the supernatural. That's another thing. It's not just the supernatural isn't welcome. It's it's not taught on at all. Right. And so basically, you have this form of uh, of deism. Ah. Where, where, Fun yeah, you functional do deism, yeah, a for having a form of deism. power, and, but having a form, but not its power, yeah. right? Yeah, like we'll affirm there's a supernatural realm called heaven and God's a supernatural being, right? But within the con container right. of the universe, he's not doing anything 
in, in the, except, you know, the secret work of the Holy Spirit sanctifying right. your heart. But apart from that, there's nothing he's actually doing or wanting to do or willing to do. And people in the New Age movement, they're like, really? That's my alternative. So yeah. I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Burning Man. I'm going to drop three grams of psilocybin mushrooms and do a, a, a trance meditation for three hours. I'm going to see elves and gnomes and have all these crazy experiences. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be told by people that there's no supernatural or spiritual element to life at all. Wow. Yeah. And it's not a good alternative. And so, no. um, you know, I, I identify as a charismatic for when I see it in the word of God. But also it's like that's where I feel the spirit dwells richly in me when I'm open, mm -hmm. at least open in principle to him wanting to do what he wants to do, uh, supernaturally speaking. Absolutely. So it sounds to me, it, because the church has had that anti-supernatural bent, it's just been, the New Age movement has just been able to explode because of it. Is that Would that be characterizing it accurately? That that has actually contributed to this huge, huge surge, and people know that there's more, but that this assertion that somehow, you mentioned MacArthur, but there are others where either they're just afraid of it or they quench it or they, they just, they, they immediately think um, if it's supernatural, it must be bad when in fact the real supernatural, if it's from God, all the devil can do is twist and manipulate and provide a counterfeit. Right. Yeah, ex I, I think it contributes to it. Absolutely. Because it's not, it doesn't resonate with people. Mm -hmm. People are like, but I know there's more than that. Right. I know I'm, I know I'm built for more than that. That's not enough. Right. Like if you talk to people in the new age movement and ask them to describe their understanding of Christianity, they're going to say it, it's dead religion. I, I'm practicing, wow. you're practicing dead religion. I'm practicing spirituality. And so they create this false dichotomy. You no, know, it's so, and, and they're hungry. Like I, I, in a way I just admire them because it's like, they're more honest than even some purportedly Bible believing Christians. I mean, that's just, it's just remarkable. Exactly. And I remember they I was, get it, I was in uh, a way. Yeah, <clears throat> they do. I was having a debate one time with a, a new ager on, on social media. Mm -hmm. And he was like, he was trying to present all these arguments against the faith. And, um, you know, by God's grace, I've come across a lot of good information. I'm able to respond to them fairly sufficiently. But I was like, I was like, brother, I was like, do you, you want to know why I'm a Christian? Like the actual reason why I'm a Christian. He's like, why? I'm like, because of the Holy Spirit. Mm. But the only reason I'm a, nobody can say Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit, yes, it's the spirit right. who, who testifies of Jesus convicts us of sin. Right. I'm like, the Holy Spirit is why I'm a Christian. He's like, what's the Holy Spirit? And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. I remember here's what here here's where this really hit me for the first time. I'm laying in bed. I've already been saved by this, by this point. I'm still living in my old house trying to sort out my life. And I'm I'm laying in bed and I sense within my spirit a a a personal presence, a living personal presence where there was once nothing. There used to be nothing in that dimension of my spirit. I'm like a spiritually sensitive person. I used to try and navigate all these internal realms within me. Mm -hmm. There used to be nothing there. And now there's a personal holy presence that is prompting me to repent, prompting me to read the word of God, is ascending to a certain worldview, guiding me in that worldview toward Christ. And I'm like, this is it. This is, this is it. it, it I'm, I remember thinking to myself, if only people knew this existed. Wow. And by this, we're talking about the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. By this, we know that we are children of God by the Spirit that He has given to us. The Spirit is how we go from faith in God to knowledge in God, right? And people, people when I talk, when I talk to New Agers, I, I, I'm very deliberate with the, the words I use. Right. I never talk about my faith. I talk about my knowledge. Interesting, right? Because the Bible says, "Got to speak their language," right? Yeah, got to speak their language. They're yeah. after secret knowledge. They're after special. Well, do you want knowledge of God? Uh, you can have you can have direct knowledge right now. You can know God right now. You want to know God because He wants to know you. He paid a price for you to know Him, mm -hmm. for you to be known by Him, and He wants He wants to reveal Himself to you. Like the Holy Beautiful. Spirit wants to come in and live on the inside of you. Like you understand that, um, and you preach the gospel, the atonement, the, the 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 price He paid for us, repentance, sin, the cross. But it's going to come down to you having a living spiritual relationship with the living spiritual God, and he wants to put himself on the inside of you and give you a supernatural walk with him. And oh. that's, that evangelizes much differently to the New Agers than what they're used to associating Christianity with, which is you know their grandmother's old, old church or something, right. um, the church they were raised in where they didn't see the power of God or the move of God. They're not used to people 
you know, having, you know, uh, powerful moves and worship mm -hmm. is just dry and dead and methodical. And they mm -hmm. think, well, that's not spirituality. And it's like, no, Christianity is pure spirituality. Yeah. It's the realest um, kind there is. Yeah, absolutely. The realest kind. And it's meant to be a spiritual mm -hmm. life. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have miracles flowing through your life all the time right but the holy spirit sanctifying me each day that's mm -hmm. spiritual the holy spirit quickening me each day that's spiritual being renewed in the spirit of my mind by the word of god as i mean that's spiritual like every element of the christian walk is a supernatural element yes. and we need to a teach on the holy spirit more in the church teach on the supernatural realm things like deliverance the demonic and also um, be at the very least open to the spiritual gifts, things like prophecy, things right. like tongues, things like miracles and gifts of healings, because um, I do believe that, that that's what New Agers want. New right. Agers want a, a living spiritual relationship. Absolutely. And, and, and we can offer that to them Amen. in spades. At New Age spirituality, so as sort of you said at the beginning, I, um, I, you know, I am mindful. I was talking about this with somebody not so long ago, and it was, you know, the New Testament is full of warning in full of warnings in the Pauline epistles and in Hebrews and you know first second John third John warnings about false teaching false teachers prophets and we have to test the spirits we've we've got to continue to be watchful about that um what are some of the ways in which people if they see something in the media or they see a book that they really like if it's got is there, are there like buzzwords that people can watch out for that are new age I mean, I don't believe we have to live in paranoid fear of being deceived, no. but that's a we do have to be watchful. We, we, we do have to be watchful. So what are some of the right. things, like if people are engaging culture and they see media or TV shows or whatever, what are some things that people can watch out for and sort of test with the Lord? If, it's, if they get sort of a bad feeling about it, they think this might not be good, or you mentioned yoga or whatever. What, what are some things that if people hear certain yeah. things, they should, it should, the alarm bell should go off in their head? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd like to, to, to preface that with saying I feel like one of the biggest deceptions we can fall into is the um, idea that we could never possibly be deceived. Oh, right. Absolutely. And, and that, doesn't, that right. doesn't mean living paranoid, as you said, and you're looking for a demon under every rock. But, you know, praying mm -hmm. for discernment, you know, not relying on our own understanding. We think, oh, well, I've been walking with God for you know, a long time now, right. and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna ride that out. I got this. From now. So, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got this. No, that's pride. And right in every area of our life, we're not praying for it. It was really a boast against God to say, I don't need you in that area of my life. So to be praying for discernment um, is important. But uh, a key word to look for would be like, it's very subtle. But if you were to look into holistic health, first of all, I believe in holistic health. I believe we should be pursuing natural holistic health yes use conventional medicines when you need to but how do we kind of cultivate wellness in every area of our life including mental and emotional wellness um physical wellness if you go to any kind of like holistic health practitioner it sounds good in theory mm -hmm. it's like well we want to heal you we're going to heal you by helping you heal your mind helping you heal your emotions we're going to lead you through i don't know you know uh how to forgive people who've hurt you we're going to dig into your past and different traumas and help you reconcile these things. And, um, you know, all that's, all that's great, but holistic health will usually be mixed in with different forms of energy healing and in the natural and the natural health movement. And in the holistic health movement, you'll see things like, um, applied kinesiology or different forms of energy healing, or even like testing ways to kind of test to see if you're allergic or sensitive to a certain substance or food by basically, um, one person is holding the substance, and the other person is like holding your arm and seeing if it, if it drops, that means you're allergic or something. Because there's this circuit that they believe they're creating within the yin and yang energy in your body that's causing it to respond to the substance. And it's based on um, Chinese occult medicine. Mm. And people don't know that that's being incorporated into holistic health. So if something is holistic health based, look into it. It's not necessarily new age, but look into it. I would say um, if something contains the word mindfulness, mm. meditation yeah, or I've contemplation. Yeah, a lot too. Yeah. Right. Like how to live a more mindful life. Well, that, that's that's great if you mean live a more uh, intentional life. Mm -hmm. Is that what you mean? Or are you talking? Are you trying to help me develop a new relationship to my ego and to my thoughts and to my thinker? 
in which case you're going down, you know, more of an Eastern mystical route. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you're, you're not really the thinker. You're the awareness behind the thinker. And you need to start resting as that, that awareness more in your life. Okay, well, you're in Eastern, Eastern mysticism now. Um, words like contemplation or mm-hmm. meditation, these words aren't intrinsically new age because um, these were, I mean, the Bible tells us to meditate, right. Right? right? But the difference between biblical meditation and meditation as it's kind of popularly advertised is – as it's popularly advertised, it'll teach you how to empty your mind. And biblical meditation is about filling your mind um, on the, you know, with the goodness of God, with right. the promises of God, the precepts of God, the law of God. All these things David was meditating on in the Psalms um, were meant to fill our minds with as well. So I would say, but the way that word is used in the West, meditation, it has an Eastern context. Um, other words to look for if you're reading, especially like if you're going into the self-help section of any bookstore, don't right. go there. Just to stay away because you're not going to be able to open up a self-help book without some word about attracting or manifesting things into your life. It's going to be hitting on the law of attraction, which is a new age doctrine that I've um, dealt with on, on my channel um, and website. Uh, ascension is another key word to look for. Spiritual awakening is another key word. If they're talking about God as either spirit, source, or the universe, immediately something's wrong mm-hmm. um, because those are – patented buzzwords in the new age movement now right. the holy spirit is the third person of the trinity but when people call god spirit in the new age movement they're referring to kind of like the universal spirit that right. permeates the cosmos right um so they're defining those terms differently not a part um, of the triune god right not a part of the triune god and i would also say this too you know we, we talked a little bit about um you know things that the church areas the church can improve, and I love the church. I believe mm-hmm. every Christian should be involved in, in a local body, mm-hmm. should be um, serving, contributing financially. I know it's a little bit uh, controversial, but like let's contribute to the, the kingdom of God. If we're not going to volunteer our time, let's follow, volunteer our resources into right. what God is doing in the world. But um, you know we need to be teaching on the supernatural, but also we need to make sure that the supernatural we're teaching on uh, is biblically grounded and there's a biblical precedent for it mm-hmm. um because i've come across a lot of things recently and in, in my research that um doesn't you you, you have no parallel from right. the bible but you have parallels from the new age movement mm-hmm. and some things i'm referring to there are are things like trying to invoke angels uh-huh. or right. self-induced visions or self-induced trips to heaven right and the reason i use self-induced i use that intentionally because there's a difference between me, you know, running after Jesus wholeheartedly and just Jesus and being content with the Trinity and content with God. And then me trying to self-induce spiritual experiences that he may or may not give me along that path mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, you know, will God still give people open visions? I believe so. I've, I've had a few right. where he's guided my he guided my imagination or Dreams. something. I, right. Mm-hmm. Right. But then there's a difference between that. I'm going to lay on my floor for two hours now and empty my mind and empty my heart right. uh, to try and induce an altered state myself, because mm-hmm. that's where you're getting into really a different form of, of, of Christian mysticism. Um, I would definitely say anybody who's talking about faith as being some kind of a uh, creative metaphysical force instead of being trusting in God as the metaphysical force himself – like thinking that faith itself is effectual mm-hmm. in bringing new things into my life. Like if I just have f- enough faith for a new car or a new job, right. if, I put, if I put my faith in God, without faith it's, it's impossible to, move to, to, to please God. We need faith. Right. Jesus 18 times uh, applauded people because of their faith. But my faith is in a person in jesus and jesus moves for my good because he's pleased with me right that's much different than my faith itself is manifesting or bringing these things into the natural um yeah and so there are some things we need to look out for in the church as well if anyone's teaching you you're you know you're a little god or you know when god made adam he breathed himself into Mm -hmm. adam and adam became a little i am or Adam has, you know, I am status now too. I've heard quotes, primary quotes yeah. from primary sources, and it's just not true. Yeah. Um, on, it's a question of ontology. Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. are we by nature? Right. And we're, we're distinct from God. We're reconciled spiritually to God, but we're distinct. We're fallen creatures. You know, put fear in them, O Lord, let the nations know they are but men. The Egyptians are man and not God. Their horses are flesh and not spirit. We're not in tr- We don't bear the fullness of deity like Jesus does. And so right. if anyone is saying that, then that's that has new age precedent but not biblical precedent. That's a great rundown there. 
just to close us out today, I've just I found this conversation so fascinating, and I'm just so grateful for your time, Stephen. Um, you you touched on this, but I'd love to hear you elaborate a little bit more. You know, you're speaking about the the experience of the tangible presence of a supernatural living God who's you're engaging with now, but you know, so you've been out of this, you know, spirituality for several years now. What can you say? How has Jesus been better than anything that you experienced in the new age movement? Yeah, it's just, there, there's so many, I, I think that if I had to get, if I had to narrow it down, I think that the the first thing I'd have to start off with in answering that question is um, the difference between Jesus, a major benefit that walking with Jesus has over new age spirituality. And I would want people who are, you know, sympathetic to the new age or who are um, involved in it, who are listening to this to, 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 to wrap their, their hands around this is that Christianity involves a relationship with God and the new age doesn't. Mm. And the Bible tells us that there's one mediator between God and man, that nobody comes to the father except through Jesus. And that nobody who denies the son has the father, right? Sin separates us from God. Jesus paid the price for our sins. We turn from our sin to Jesus. We believe on him. And then we're given the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit guides us, leads us, sanctifies us. He is the agency by which we have direct fellowship and communion with God. So, you know, when you're in the new age movement, you only have a few possible sources of origin for your spiritual experiences, either nature in, in which case this is just some psychosomatic experience. You're working yourself out. Maybe you're meditating meditating, and experiencing an altered state. It's still just nature interacting with nature. Or you're having some kind of spiritual experience that's demonically induced, whether you're aware of it or not. If you're practicing things like, I don't know, spiritism or mediumship or psychedelics, astral projection, right. you only have two sources of origin, nature or demons. Mm-hmm. And as a born-again Christian, you can walk around – as a, ves- a vessel of the Holy Spirit, carrying the presence and power of God with you everywhere you go, giving you comfort, strength, direction in your daily life. You have literal access to God, really as much of God as you want, depending on your level of surrender and, and devotion. And so, you know, when you're a new ager, when I was a new ager, I'm walking around as an empty ves- vessel, just interacting with more nature or interacting with demons. And nature and demon they're the only cards available for spiritual experience in the new age. And when you're in Christ, you're walking around as a vessel of a living God. You're carrying God himself. He lives in you now. And that's a really, really big difference. Um, One more thing I would want to say on that note is that um, this is big too. This was a really, this is something I'm still growing in and still trying to adjust to. And it's the idea that Christianity revolves around Jesus and what he has already done. And the new age revolves around you and what you have yet to do. And this puts you in a bondage of performance, Mm -hmm. right? So when Jesus is on the cross, he says, it is finished. He means that the atonement has been con- – everything that kept us separated from God, it's been remedied mm-hmm. once for all by Jesus. It's already done. So you turn, you believe, and you receive. And then the only striving we have to do now is striving to enter into the rest. He provides for us where we now cease from our performance as God ceased from his performance and rested on the seventh day of creation, You know, uh, Hebrews 4 and 5. The Christian life really circulates around Jesus, who he is what he has done, not you and who you are and what you must do. And I use the word here circulate intentionally because there's definitely going to be seasons where God calls you to start focusing on, I don't know, your repentance or serving or walking in any of the 70 plus commandments Jesus gives his disciples, you know, more diligently. But your focus is never yourself. Your focus is God. And when your life circulates around God, everything good flows from that place, right? So the epicenter of your spiritual walk becomes Jesus. And yet righteousness and good works will necessarily follow, but your own performance is never the epicenter of your spiritual life when you're in Christ. You don't wake up each day as a Christian and start making your spiritual life about you and your goals and your need to evolve or awaken or ascend as taught in the New Age movement. Your spiritual life becomes about someone else who alone is good, who alone is holy, who alone is all-knowing. And the pressure comes off because you understand your right, your rightful place in God's world and his, in his kingdom. And, you know, in the new age movement, man, I'm telling you, the bondage people are under, they're looking for spiritual experiences and they're getting them. 
we need to be saying, come over to the church. You know, you're not gonna you're not gonna have spiritual experiences at the drop of a hat like you do in the New Age movement, but you're gonna encounter the living God today. You can't. He he wants to meet you here today. And guess what? It's not gonna be like in the New Age movement where it's you know what Paul would call the yoke of bondage, where it's you, your evolution, your mindset, your inner peace, your healing, your enlightenment. You are the epicenter of all your spiritual pursuits in the new age. Clean your chakras, clear your mind, think positively, meditate enough, open your pineal, set your intentions for the day. A lot you of didn't work. set the right intentions. <laughs> yeah. Right? Make your crystal. Right. Yeah. Make, and maybe after you do all this stuff, then you'll be mm-hmm. advanced enough in your spiritual evolution to, you know, bypass the need to reincarnate one day. You're on a hamster wheel when you're in the new age, Shuvan. All the pressure is on you because you are the god of your own life. Mm-hmm. You are the one who's supposed to lead you into freedom and breakthrough. You're your only answer. But when you're walking with Jesus, you're walking in the truth, in a supernatural relationship with God himself, and your walk is shaped around what Jesus has already done and who he is, not what you need to do and become. And that's a very, very big difference. That's the good news of the gospel. It is. It sets us free. It sets us free from us. Well, on that note, I, Stephen, again, thank you for joining us today. What a wealth of information. Where can people find your stuff um, for more, hear, learn more about, I, know I mentioned your resource, uh, Reasons for Jesus. Where can they find that? Yeah, my website, uh, reasonsforjesus.com. It's a Christian apologetics website. Um, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Stephen Bancars. That's where I do more um, research type projects and expose videos. Um, debunking new age practices and ideas from a Christian biblical perspective. Um, my most recent video, it's a little bit controversial. My most recent video is on yoga. I would encourage people to check that out with an open mind. Um, I also have a book that I've written on the new age movement. It's an apologetics resource as well called the second coming of the new age. And uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well. So if people want to, um, you know, stay up to date with stuff that, you know, God is inspiring me to create, um, you can just search me up online. Sounds great. Thanks again for joining us, bro. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me.